KXNO. The Chiefs arrived in Arizona on Sunday to start the next phase of their preparations for Super Bowl 57. Chiefs currently a point-and-a-half underdog against the Eagles. Caitlin Clark notched a triple-double as Iowa beat Penn State for their eighth win in a row. Next up, Thursday's marquee matchup at Indiana. The Phoenix Suns reportedly included Chris Paul in their trade offer to the Nets for Kyrie Irving. Irving's expected to make his debut for the Mavericks Wednesday against the Clippers. I'm Doug Thompson. For the win from the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Monday get one of Jethro's world-famous meal deals. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Scott Dockerman coming up, bottom of the hour. Nick Athen before that, Trent's plays of the day before we get out of here, uh, just before 1 o'clock. couple of things real quick. Did you see any of the Caitlin Clark show yesterday? I did. She is so incredible. It's amazing, isn't it? And you run out of superlatives. You do. Because she's playing a different game Yep, than everybody else out there. And the way that she controls the game, the style that she has, the flair, yep. you kind of combine all these things together. You just you run short of what to say outside of she's incredible. I've been holding this one off because I, I don't want to use it. <laughs> um, I have never seen a, an athlete dominate their sport the way that Caitlin Clark does between the years. The ability to not only think the game, but actually... Um, play the game, mm-hmm. and pull off the shots and do what she does. I've not seen anybody do this since 99. Gretzky. I mean it, Trent. I, I totally mean it. He was an elite. He was. He saw the game better than anybody I've ever seen, mm-hmm. right? Um, and she sees her sport the same way he saw his. Yeah. He was just a step ahead of everybody that was on the ice in a different jersey. She is, too. She is, and she's willing to make those. It seems like a one in a million pass. <laughs> yep. But for a, a number of uh, those plays that she tries to pull off, you can see why she does it and how close she came to doing it. Mm-hmm. It's incredible to watch her play. She is so much fun, and it felt like kind of a trappy type of game coming off the big yeah, emotional win they, against Maryland. Penn State wasn't very good, right? Right, right. Yeah, you're going on the road. I saw they late. They left. I think late Saturday night. Oh, did they? To get out there, yeah. The big win against Maryland. That was the only team in the Big Ten Caitlin Clark hadn't beaten up until that point. So you win that. It was a top ten game. You're going on the road, sleepy environment. You got Indiana up next, who's ranked number four uh, before the rankings come out today. They're 21 and one. That's a huge matchup. Maybe a look ahead, kind of that sandwich spot, and they just go out there and completely dominate the game. It's unbelievable. They're up 19 nine at the end of the first quarter, and they're yeah. just cruise control. Played a lot late in the game though, too. Yeah, well, that triple double, I think. Yeah, I think that and was part the, of it. Yeah. You know what? If she wants to do it, to uh-huh. Bluter's going to say, "No, you're coming out." No. <laughs> Um, I'm guessing she could hand the lineup card to, to Coach Bluter and say, I want to play with these four. And she'd say, that's good. <laughs> it works for me. Uh, real quick on this before we get Nick, just because uh, mm-hmm. it's AFC West related. I should probably say, uh, Sean Payton named today officially. They had the press conference as the Broncos coach. Look, it's a wonderful hire. He you, is, you know, and, and I've been so interested. You haven't said a ton about it. They have Russell Wilson. You're that defeated. He's terrible. He was Awful. terrible last year. Terrible. He's older next year. He is. Prove me wrong. I want so badly for Sean Payton to fix this guy. He is an 
anchor on this franchise for the next four or five years. Please be wrong, Ken Miller. He's worked with short quarterback in the past. He has, but this guy's just... He's finished. He's lost it. And he. this isn't like he just got to Denver. He was bad in Seattle. He was, but he had the hand injury. Mm-hmm. We keep saying that. I, but then he got back and... I, I can't go there. I can't go that it's completely done. Will he ever be a top eight quarterback in the league again? I'm not going to go there either. Mm. But can he become competent? Can, can he, he be in the top 28? Yeah. At this point, I'm not sure. I think he can still be a top half quarter. Top 16? Top 15, 16? Yeah. I think he can absolutely... Still do that. Sean Payton is a phenomenal coach. This yes. is a great day as far as the the new head coach of the Denver Broncos. But you're that beaten oh, down. Oh, he's pathetic. And he's just, he's such a hype man, yeah, right? Yeah. It's about him. It's about him. And apparently his teammates hated him in Seattle. You hear the same whispers in Denver. Right. It's me, 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 me. He's not good enough anymore to be that guy. Can he change? Can he evolve personality-wise this late in his career? That's another difficult one. Tom Brady was about the team. Right. Aaron Rodgers has that. Mm-hmm. Where it's about him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Rodgers last week, well, the Packers haven't even talked to me about any of the personnel thing. Well, well you're under contract. Jeez. <laughs> he just... But Wilson at this point, that would be maybe even a bigger concern. I think physically, along with the coaching of Peyton, what he's going to do, I think he can get him at least back to a competent level. Here's hoping, man. But... Can he become the leader that they need? Can he be the person that people want to rally behind? When you're playing at elite level, that's easy. Mm-hmm. Even if a guy is weird or mm-hmm. an a-hole, mm-hmm. it, it's easy to get behind that guy because they're elite. If he's just pretty good, his personality has to change and evolve too. Yeah. That's a tough thing for a guy that's, what, 34? Yep. Good luck on that, right? I know it. We shall see. All right, Nick Athen coming up. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at Chiefs Insider. Uh, he's all over primetimesportstalk.com. That is Nick's own site. He also uh, blogs at ChiefsFocus.com, ChiefsFocus.com, primetimesportstalk.com. It's Eagles and it's the Chiefs. Point spread is still, I well, didn't look today, actually. It was a point and a half when I went to bed last night. I'm guessing it's probably... Um, Still there today. Let me look and see if it's changed while Trent lines Nick up. It is. Uh, it's a point now. It's two at South Point. So South Point's the first one that's come off of the point and a half. Uh, South Point now has Philadelphia as a two-point favorite everywhere else. It's still a point and a half. I don't think it's going to move much off of that line. There's so much money bet on this game. As uh, Mike Palm will tell you, um, it's not necessarily money that moves the number. It's the person who's betting the number that moves that are betting the money that moves that number. Uh, respected betters, as they call them. Let's get to uh, let's get to Nick. So we'll see. But uh, two at the South Point, Trent. There, the Chris Andrews was first to move it. And remember, at the South Point, they don't play with juice. They Correct. Are, they yes. are the only property in Vegas yep. where you're laying minus one ten every time across the board yep. on games and totals. They don't do minus one fifteen, minus one. No, if we're gonna move, we're gonna move a half point one way or the other. So interesting, our buddy Chrissy jumping aboard there and making the change. Uh, let's get uh, let's get to Nick Athen uh, mm-hmm. as we take a look at Super Bowl Fifty Seven. Nick Trenton, Ken Chiefs landed as a slight underdog in this game. They probably will be at kickoff. What concerns as you look at the matchup, Nick? Where do the Eagles have an <clears throat> edge in your mind? Um. I think the Eagles have an edge if they are successful at at running the football. Um, I think if they 
because they're the kind of team, you know, unlike what the Bengals had an opportunity to do last week is, you know, they can consistently run the ball for three downs if they have to, and they can get first downs and they have arguably one of the best, if not the very best offensive line in the national football league that's geared to a mobile quarterback like Jalen Hurts. Um, that to me is, is the biggest concern. If the chiefs can force Hurts into, you know, second and second and eight, third and six, you know, those kind of situations where he might not be able to run the ball, they might not want to take the risk, um, then it's in his hands. And, and I think, you know, he runs the offense very well. I don't think he's the downfield passer that the Chiefs are worried about. I don't think that shoulder's solid enough to where, you know, he can have a three, 350-yard passing game if the team needs it. Um, but to me, that's, that's, that's the biggest concern if I'm the Chiefs coach right now is, you know, can we force him to throw the ball and if they can do that, then then I think they've taken away much of their offense. The Patrick Mahomes question. <clears throat> you know, we saw him. He was out there looking great early on and then gimpy yep. at times as the game went on. Is yep. it – I mean, it's going to be lingering at some level. What do you anticipate sure. it's going to look like come Sunday? Uh, you know, I had this conversation with someone earlier today. I think he's going to be about 95 to 97%. At kickoff and in the fourth quarter, he'll be somewhere around 80 to 85. Yeah. Um, I think it's, you know, he's going to be mobile. He's going to have to be mobile. I mean, you know, the Eagles have a great pass rush, and obviously stop, you know, stopping Riddick is going to be huge, you know, for this for them to be successful. And, you know, they've, they've faced great pass rushers before, and they've been able to, you know, to, to, to maneuver their offense away from that, 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 that dominating, you know, defensive end. They've, they've done that quite well. Um, so I think for the Chiefs, you know, they have to, and for Mahomes, you know, he's going to go full speed, obviously, with what we saw that, that second down run, you know, at the end of the game. You know, the guy's going to put everything he's got into it. So, you know, even an 85% or 80% pass Mahomes is still better than most quarterbacks in the NFL. And, and uh, I, I don't think they're going to have anything out of the game plan. I think the full play, the play sheet is in front of them. Um, I don't think there's going to be any limitations. Um, he had no, he did not, he did not hurt the ankle any worse um, after the game. There was no other damage. It just was very sore uh, as to be expected. Uh, what about the receivers, Nick? It sounds like Hardman is probably going to have trouble answering the bell. Uh, Schuster and Tony yeah. probably will play. What are you hearing as far as the receiving core for the Chiefs? Yeah, the Chiefs just put Hardman on IR and activated uh, quite. Oh, they did. Oh. Yes, they did. They just announced that about 10 minutes ago. So he's definitely out. Um, he gave it his all. He had a huge catch in the game, you know, that, that, that kept that drive alive, that, 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 that touchdown uh, drive. Um, but uh, from my understanding is, you know, is um, uh, going to be good. Um, and I think Tony will be good as well. They're going to play. They're going to gut it out, whatever it takes. Uh, you know, they'll have Justin Watson back who was sick. They obviously trust uh, – you know, they, they, they trust Sky more now. He had a really good game, uh, ran some really good routes, had some opportunities to catch some passes, but, but Patrick just couldn't find him, um, you know, and kind of reviewing the, the coach's film. Um, but uh, I think they'll be okay there. I, I, I think they're going to be – may not be 100%. Um, I think if this was the Super Bowl, both those guys would have continued playing. Uh, but I think right now um, all, all, all signs are pointing to both of, both of them being active for Sunday. 
Well, come Super Bowl, it's about also the props, the <laughs> Super Bowl MVP. We talked about that earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. Any dark shots? Anything that has jumped out to you? Anything that you've heard? I don't know if you dabble a little bit what it is, but anything in either a long shot at the MVP or a prop that has caught your interest here going into the week? You know, guys, I don't bet. I don't really gamble, but I, I will say a dark horse MVP Um I'm, I'm going to give you a name out there. It's probably going to surprise you. It, it's probably going to. It's probably not going to be somebody that you're going to think of, even though he's a great player. Um, I think Frank Clark has a chance to have a dominating game. I don't know why I think that. He's two and a half sacks away from you know breaking the all-time record for sacks, uh, you know, in in, in playoff history. Uh, the way he has played and has interacted with Andy this past week, especially you know after the game. I just think this guy, when the lights are on and it's the playoffs, he just takes it to another level. I mean, I think Chris Jones obviously could have a big game. Again, they're going against one of the best best offensive lines. But something just tells me that, that Frank's not going to bite onto some of these fakes, and he's going to make it miserable for Jalen Hurts. And I think he could be a guy that could get a couple of sacks in this game and, and key sacks as well. So um, I, I, I just – Something just in my gut tells me that, that Frank's going to have a light that game. 200 to 1. Ooh! <laughs> Frank Clark. Really? 200 really? to 1. Chris know. Jones is I mean, 50 to, to 1. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's probably going to be Patrick if, if he has a great Right. It'd be Patrick game, or Hertz. Yeah. But this, you know, listen, this, it, the Chiefs are built so differently than they were, you know, a couple years ago when they played the 49ers. And obviously, it's a different roster than, you know, what happened in, in Tampa. But, you know, it's just, they're just cohesively so sound um, that, yeah, Patrick's going to be the guy if that's the case. But for me, um, I'm telling you, I don't know what it is. Frank's going to have a massive game. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. That's not crazy. You know, I, the prop I want to bet, will will there be a miss extra point? Have you seen that, Trent? Because Butker's... No, I think it was... Plus one thirty. That's all it is. Yeah. Oh, then I'm not playing. No, I thought it'd be a good <laughs> no, price. I would bet that. Uh-uh. Yeah, that's, that's, that's and that was for much. both kickers, though. Either kicker missing a kick. Yeah. No, uh-huh. that's that's too short of a price. That's a, that's way lower than I thought it I would. Could be, be wrong. There's been a lot of rattling around in my head with these prices. <laughs> so if, yeah, that's true. If yeah. the Chiefs win Nick Athen, how will they do it? On the heels uh-huh. of, on the arm of, on how do, how do they win the game? I think they're going to do it on the open space that Travis Kelsey is going to have in the middle of that defense, the arm of Patrick Mahomes, and you know the young secondary taking away the two wide receiver options that the Eagles have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, obviously I'm picking the Chiefs. I don't particularly think this is going to be a very close game. I think the Vegas odds are ridiculous right now. I, really? I don't know how you. I don't. I don't know how you go against Patrick Mahomes. Uh-huh. I mean, what else does the guy have to do since this <laughs> one to prove himself? And all the things they've been through this year, losing Tyreek Hill, having, you know, some, some journeyman receivers come in and, you know, uh, offensive line and these young rookies playing well. I mean, uh, this team is, is, is talented. They're together. I just don't see how anybody would pick against Pastor Mahomes. I don't see, unless he has three interceptions and he turns the ball over like he did against the Bengals and they have a bunch of drops and, you know, Achievers has, you know, one of those pass-happy you know, uh, past happy interference penalty, you know, uh, games like he did a couple years ago against the Bucks. I don't see how the Chiefs lose this football game. I think wow. if, if they take, they make, make Hurts pass the ball, 
Um, if the young secondary plays well, and Mahomes is just 90% of himself, heck, 75% of himself, I, I think I think the Chiefs are going to win this game, and I don't think it's going to be particularly close. Well, Trent, McDu- be wrong, Trent McDuffie's got my attention. He was um, I wasn't sure about the draft. He's been really good down the stretch. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think he had uh, one completion for seven yards or eight yards. That's in that it. Game. Jeez, that's it. Um, and I think that's pretty good. And then last, you know, that long third and sixteen conversion. He was out of position. He was playing zone. You know, uh, had he seen it faster, you know, uh, maybe he makes it even makes a, a pick there. So he he's been terrific. I mean, all those young corners. I mean, nobody saw that coming. No. Nobody, even though in training camp these guys were all playing with the ones, they were all getting first, you know, first reps. Nobody thought that this secondary outside of Snead um, and Justin Reed were going to be this mm-hmm. good, and they they have gotten better and better and better every week. They played their best best games of the season the last two and. I don't think anything's going to be different because I think this is the least challenging set of wide receivers that yep. they're going to face in, 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 the, in the postseason so far. Well, that's interesting because Philly's got some dudes, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, yep. and uh, we'll see. Well, enjoy it while it lasts because it's coming to an end because Denver hired the oh, Russell please, Wilson Whisperer. Please, and he's please. Gonna... <laughs> We're having that conversation next week, all right? We're going to have, we're gonna have oh, the conversation. Yeah. No, look, i got no expectations whatsoever uh, other than Good. four or five bad more years until we get rid of this bum. Uh, we'll, yeah. uh, I'll, I'll talk to you next week. Trent is off next Monday, so you and I will recap it on Monday. Enjoy the game, Nick Athen. Best of luck to your squad. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, guys. Yep. Appreciate you. Good to talk Bye-bye. to you. Nick Athen, primetimesportstalk.com. He loves the Chiefs. I'm not surprised. <laughs> right. I did too. Fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. Fifteen. Fifteen. It's kind of boring. But that's you want not something a... more juicy, but write down this game for me, Trent. That's Who's right. it's fifteen. It's fifteen. Yep. They have the best player on the planet. Uh-huh. They do. They've got the best player on the planet. And Jalen Hurts Well, he hasn't had the most difficult road to get there. No. The injured 49er team. Yep. A Giants team that mm. they're not good. No. I picked them. <laughs> Yeah, you did. <laughs> Had a bad year. Anyways, uh, time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Go to KXNO.com right now to enter this nationwide contest. Uh, the pop-up box will appear, and when it does, insert the keyword grand. Just type grand at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000 grand. KXNO.com. Scott Dockerman joins the program next as we'll shift gears and talk Hawkeyes and Big Ten with Doc. It's Miller in Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. KXNO. Are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers out there, time to hop aboard. You can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers set the alarm clock on your phone for 5 until 8 o'clock each and every day this week as new customers and us existing customers can get into what's known as the DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boosts. Check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 5 and 8 to see what prop bet will be boosted. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use promo code KXNO. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57. You'll get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code 
KXNO. Must be 21 or older. Iowa only. Bonus issued is free bets. Opt-in required for odds boost. Bet type and amount limits vary. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Gambling problem? Call 1-8-NOW. Do you remember the last walk-off homer to win the World Series? It's been a while, but the answer is 1993. Do you know when Wolf Roofing started roofing houses? That's right, 1993. Wolf Roofing has been around for a long time. For your next roofing project, put the experience of Wolf Roofing on your side. Find them on the web at wolfroofing.net or give them a call at 515-225-8866. Or online, Wolf Roofing. Downtown Des Moines. Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Let's talk to our friend Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. Let's talk Hawks, part of the press conference last week. Doc wrote a, a brand new piece at The Athletic that uh, posted, uh, when did it post? Yesterday, I believe. Yeah, it was yesterday. Uh, Kirk Ferentz and I were looking to fix the offensive line. And, as to be expected, the first comment after Doc's lengthy <laughs> piece was, fire his son, hire a real <laughs> offensive coordinator. He's not uh, wrong, whoever said that. <laughs> Doc, it's not going away, is it? <laughs> no, it isn't. It's, 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 uh, it's like Groundhog Day all over again. It's Groundhog Day, of course, last week. But um, this is a subject that has been pretty much in the focus of every, or not every, most loudly vocal Iowa fan since about July. And it's not going to go away. And it's not going to go away after today. <laughs> it's not right. going to go away until next year. So, I it, it's it's kind of frustrating because again, if it's not going to change, then then why complain about it perpetually? But mm-hmm. you know, maybe just tune it all out. But I don't know. Uh, I'm not other people, I guess. Uh, no doubt. Well, we are here. You were there last week for the Kirk Ferentz press conference, and you asked very pointed questions, mm-hmm. trying to find out what does Brian do well, and <laughs> then well, we're going to lump him together with Phil because Phil's great. Not so much on the other side. It. it as you're going through, you knew it was going to be a lot of the standard Kirk and telling the old stories and going through and kind of talking in circles. But as somebody like you that is absolutely a journalist and you want to get answers, is it frustrating? Is it just, you know, going in, that's what it's going to be? What was it like going through that press conference last week? Yeah, it it wasn't necessarily frustrating because it's something that you just deal with and you work through and, and you kind of say, okay, this is the way they're going to, the, the angle that they're going to take. And I, I think in, in some ways, that's kind of what I expected with Brian. I, you know, I, and I wanted to get him to say what he does well, because there are aspects of what he does that he is very good at. And they've been overshadowed by the, the offensive performance, which he's a part of as well. But, but uh, you know, he, kind of kicked the can down the road and lumped him and Phil together, which I don't think really works very well when you have the nation's best defense and the nation's worst offense kind of combined on the same, we're in the same helmet. So, um, you know, it was, it was aggravating a little bit because you just want to get something out of him. But I think at the most part, that's kind of the way he chose to conduct his, his news conference. And I know, um, you know, fans were obviously not happy at all to hear that there wouldn't be any changes, but, um, you know, and I thought there might be. 
Mm-hmm. So I guess I, I came away a little bit surprised, not necessarily from the press conference, but I just think in general, I, I still thought that there was going to be an opportunity for, for some change on the staff. I, I, I'm with you. I thought that, uh, I, I think it's the lawsuit, Doc, that uh, is preventing, certainly preventing, I would think, Brian from even kicking the tires on an NFL game. I just don't see the NFL with, uh, with how embarrassing it got with Chris Doyle and how quickly that uh, relationship ended. Uh, and Chris Doyle, he's really good at what he does. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Um, and I could understand why Urban Meyer would want him. But how big of a, how big of a factor do you think that is that Brian didn't have an NFL option maybe to fall back on? I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. And Brian would have to tell you that. And- probably tell you that more in confidence or on the side sure. not gonna stand at the podium and say, Hey, I, the reason why I'm back here is because no NFL team wanted to hire me because of this lawsuit. But, uh, you know, Chris Doyle was a little bit different because he was, there was actually a separation there. He was named more prominently, I think in most of the, uh, by most of the former players. And it was just right after the fact, I, you know, the colleges are not going to look at some of these coaches that are named in the lawsuit. And it's really unfair for somebody like say Seth Wallace, that doesn't have any kind of accusations, especially racial related accusations. And yet, um, you know, there are defensive coordinator opportunities out there that he's probably qualified for, but, um, you know, really is overlooked because of the, the college, uh, you know, colleges are just not going to hire anybody who's involved in this type of lawsuit. So, when ultimately it is uh, adjudicated or settled, um, you know, the trial is supposed to start next month, um, you know, then we'll probably get some more answers there. The NFL is a little bit different, but I think they, I'm sure that what they want is to get this over with, um, you know, one way or the other. So then they can go about their, you know, at least have some options, but that's, that's what you have when you have the son of the head coach yep. on staff that, that he cares a little bit more about his son than, than probably the program at this point. Kirk's going to be right. I mean, the offense is going to be better because it can't be worse. With the additions on the offensive line, a competent quarterback, wide receivers can't be much worse than they were, good tight end room, they're going to be better. What's a realistic goal for this offense? Be it yards per play, total yards, top 75 in the country? What what would you put a realistic number of what this offense is going to be in 2023? Yeah, and it's it's really hard with total offense because Iowa conducts it differently, mm-hmm. and that's why even when they've been good on offense, they have. Even with Brian as offensive coordinator in 2018 and 2020, they were good. They were in the you know 30 plus points per game territory, but you know their total yardage wasn't necessarily high because when they get to a certain point where they have game and control, they slow it down the tempo. They don't go as much for yards as churning out time, forcing timeouts. So then a lot of those, you know, the 30, 40 yard, you know, that that some people like to get at the end of the game, they don't necessarily get. I would say this, that for Iowa football to be successful on offense, it requires, um, you know, obviously low penalties and low turnovers, but we already know that. I think that the markers they need to hit are somewhere in the neighborhood of 4.3 4.3 yards per carry, 60% completion percentage. Um, you know, north of 15 touchdown passes. I think those are the markers that really stand out for me because if when they've gotten to like two or 2020, when they were at 4.6 yards per carry, they were dominating up front. And Alaric Jackson was terrific in that area. And they, but they haven't had a, a 60% passer since Beathard in 2015. So if they can complete passes and run when they want to and be successful at it, this offense will be really good. It may be the 70th ranked offense in the country, 
but Iowa's going to Indianapolis with a chance to win. Hmm. Doc, uh, a lot of eyebrows were raised when seemingly, and I didn't take it like th- this way, but some folks did thought that uh, Ference threw the offensive line under the bus. I just thought he was being truthful. It was a, it was not your typical offensive line for the Hawkeyes, right? That 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 group has spoiled Hawkeye fans over the years, and you've pointed out. I think you've said uh, too, it was 2019 that recruiting was one of those years around that time period. All the, the recruiting misses at that. Uh, those positions has really, you know, uh, uh, come back to uh, to hurt the Hawks at this point. So we see the portal has been open. They've seemingly uh, dipped into it and come away with a couple of guys that will get a plenty of playing time. One would assume. How much better can the offensive line be uh, with the with the insertion of those two transfers? I think it could be significantly better, and and not only with the two transfers, but I think with general improvement because they we've seen it over the years where usually they have about three seniors that kind of lead the team and then there's a couple of younger players that draft underneath them and rotate they get some time they play well at times they make mistakes well these you know the three the trio of three sophomores last year we got the most starts mason richmond connor colby and, and logan jones all had to take their lumps without really having somebody there to, to lean on. And I think when you see them take that step forward, you're going to see them get better. Then you look at Rusty Feth, who actually is kind of that guy. He's, you know, I'm not saying he's going to be an NFL player, but he could be like a Colt Banwert or, or a uh, Kyler Schott, you know, a plug-and-play, mm-hmm. tough, gritty guy that's going to get the job done. And, and then you look at, at Dejon Parker, he's got the real skill set that you're looking for for a tackle. Um, you know, he's pretty raw and he's going to have to be coached pretty hard in, in the spring to, to be fundamentally where they want him to be. But he's got really long arms. He's athletic. He's mean. He's uh, got good feet. He's got the starter kit for what you're looking for. So if he can go in and play, it doesn't matter which tackle spot. Rusty Feth plays right guard. If you're plug and play there and the other three elevate their level of game, which is commensurate with their experience and, and growth, I think this offensive line could be. Um, in the decent range at minimum. And that's not bad. That's compared, especially compared to the last two years. Mm-hmm. That's the case. They're going to give their quarterback time. They're going to open up holes. They got a really good running back, in my opinion, yep. um, in Caleb Johnson. So I think the offense as a whole could be better. Now, can it be good? You know, and, and I'm sure that that's a, that's relative and that's going to really depend on how they perform against high level competition. But I think uh, it, it should be an improved unit. Doc, you talked uh, last week with Gary Barta. You had an article up on The Athletic talking about the future of the conference 16-team league with the addition of USC and UCLA. East-West divide likely going away. Gary Barta says they feel like they're far enough down the road, even without Kevin Warren, that they're going to have things figured out. What do you anticipate that's going to look like, what the schedule is going to look like, and most importantly, just top two making their way to the championship game? Is that what we're looking at? Well, yeah, that'll be definitely the way it looks. It, it, right now, the, the most likely scenario involves every team protecting three opponents okay. and then cycling through the others twice over a four-year period. That's just an easy way to schedule. Now, the, the three protected opponents are going to be challenging for each individual school. It's not just about what Iowa wants to do and everybody else follows food. You know, it's everybody working in conjunction with one another. And, and there are probably, out of that 24 you know, uh, series that get protected, there's probably about 10 or 11 that really deserve it. And then there's probably about 12 or 13 that don't really matter. And, and so it's going to be up to the big 10. My anticipation is because 
like Iowa has like three that it really wants to protect and other schools don't really care is that they'll say, look, at the end of every four years, we'll evaluate it. Maybe we'll make changes. So that way, like USC doesn't get stuck playing Nebraska every year. Mm-hmm. That maybe it, over the first four years they play Nebraska, but maybe over the next the, the, the another four year block they're playing, you know, Penn State, or maybe it's Penn State then Nebraska, something to that effect. Just like with Michigan, uh, well, you know, it, it would be dumb if they don't play Ohio State and Michigan State. I mean, what are you doing as league? But right. but maybe that third opponent, maybe it's throw a bone to Rutgers. Maybe uh, after four years, it's uh, Northwestern or it's Purdue or Indiana or something like that. So I think that's probably the path they'll go. So 10 or 11, maybe 12 series get kind of protected, um, if not into infinity, but it'll certainly be for a long period of time. And for Iowa, it's Minnesota, it's Wisconsin, and, and probably Nebraska. Yeah. Those are the three that I think will probably get that they'll get linked up with. Um, they'd like to long term, but certainly, you know, for a short period of time. That's going to be fascinating. When do you think? Well, when will that? Uh, when will that be known, Doc? Is there is there any sense of urgency? Or are they just going to? I mean, what? Well, when will we know? The eighties meet in two weeks in Chicago area, so it could be as soon as that because they have discussed this for a long period of time. They just ran out for twenty twenty three, and there was just enough resistance. From a few, uh, from, you know, from enough schools, they just said, okay, we're not going to do it before USC and UCLA come aboard. But, but there's enough here that they want to just kind of get a jump start, figure out what they're, what they're going to do, not, you know, whether it's scheduling, it's planning, that type of thing. And then also, uh, just to kind of jump start it for the divisional, you know, round that this is it. And they want, but at the very top of this is ensuring that enough Big Ten teams reach the playoff. Mm. Uh, that is number one. That's more than, hey, protecting the Iowa-Wisconsin series. So that's going to be, uh, you know, the paramount here. And from talking to one person in the league, the other thing is making sure that every schedule is, is they, they're integrated enough to where you never, ever have three teams with a 9-0 and record. Hmm. Carver Hawkeye. Doc, you've been in there plenty of times. The environment Certainly on TV, seemed charged up. Talked to some people that were there, said as good of an environment as they've seen in a long time for a men's game at Carver-Hawkeye. What you saw on Saturday, the build-up to it with the Orange Crush last week, it, <laughs> it just felt like the Hawkeye fans and the Illinois fans that were there in attendance set up a really great environment, which turned out to be a fun game. That was as good of an environment as I can remember in a long time. Yeah. I mean, there have been some good ones. There's been some great games, ranked opponents and stuff. But this one was at a fever pitch throughout and you know whether it was the build-up of the orange crush and then the introduction of the uh you know the cedar rapids boys and girls club that had everybody standing up and you know there was a three-pointer i want to say i think it was peyton sanford's there where you know i I do a decibel reader at these games and it hit 115 decibels and, and it was just really loud and persistent and exactly what you want. And when you do, when you go to a game like that and you see an environment like that, you think, okay, they don't really need a new arena or anything different. Um, you know, it's just, it's about the other teams more than that. But big rivalry game, two teams played at a high level. I thought they both played, went back and forth, nine lead changes, nine ties, hmm. and uh, and it came down to the end. I thought it was a well played, uh, terrific college basketball game, and I'm I'm down for anything like that going. Indeed. I hope to see more of them uh, with the building banged out and as loud as it was. It was good to see. Doc, uh, who do you like on Sunday? 
Right now, today, if you put me on the spot, yep. I'm going to go with the Chiefs. But okay. uh, that's only if Patrick Mahomes' ankle is uh, good enough for him to scramble for a first down without <laughs> getting pushed out of bounds. <laughs> good stuff. Doc, we'll talk to you uh, the Monday following, well, a week from today. As always, Doc, we appreciate it. Anything at The Athletic you'd like to promote this week for you? Yeah, I think we're going to do a, a survey regarding the uh, the situation with uh, the, the, the three teams and you know who everybody wants Love it. Uh, to to pick for your squad. So I think we're going to do that. And then yeah, like I said, I wrote about the offensive line yesterday and got a couple other pieces coming out that I'm just finishing right now. Your your piece on the three teams that people want to see and the first comment will be. Brian Ferentz. Why does an Iowa fire Brian Ferentz? (laughs) It's just like clockwork. Doc, have a good week. Thank you. I'll talk to you next Monday. All right. Have a good one, guys. Thank you so much. Yep, good to talk to you. Scott Dockerman uh, covers Iowa for The Athletic. Good stuff out of Doc. Well, it's not the biggest slate of games tonight uh, in college basketball. A couple of good ones, though. Um, Hockey returns after a long break. Are you? Is it April? No, not yet. Then I will dabble at that point. <laughs> we'll take our time out. Trent's Plays of the Day, Circus Sports Sponsors. That's next. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.8. If you own a house, you've got a huge asset. And everyone's looking at it. With Wall Street investors buying up homes in Des Moines and renting them out like never before, you have to wonder, what do they see in your big asset that you don't? The truth is... If you sell your home instead of renting it, you can kiss your asset goodbye. Especially with today's higher interest rates, the best way to save your asset is to rent it out instead. Does renting make your asset look big? Yes, it does. Especially when you hire the professional landlords at Renner's Warehouse. DIYing your property management is a total pain in your asset. But with Renner's Warehouse, you never have to find tenants, collect rent, or handle pesky maintenance calls again. Don't lose your asset. And stop busting your asset trying to manage it yourself. Go to renterswarehouse.com to book your free home rental price analysis today. Or call 515-528-4429. Renters Warehouse. You can't buy happiness. Our radio app now. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. All right, uh, final minute of the program. By the way, Tom Brady just announced will not do, he will not go to the Fox booth in 2023. Mm. The following year, he says he's going to start. So he's taking a year away from the game, or is he trying to find another place he can play? Keep that window open, right? Yeah, but uh, no Fox for him until 2024 at the earliest. Let's make some money, TC. Let's do it. We had a great weekend, 16-7 and on Saturday, 3-0 and yesterday. How about that for a weekend? We're back on the right side of things, and we got five plays here for you, all available on the Circus Sports app. And, of course, Circus Square is also available over there right now. We kick it off in the ACC, Duke Carolina. It was fun. Both those teams still are not very good. Miami's good. I'm going to lay the two and a half. Give me the Hurricanes over the Dukies tonight. Pick number one. All right, we're digging deep here. Let's go to the horizon. You know UW-Green Bay? They are 2-17. and 17. They are awful. Laying 17. That's what we're going to do with Milwaukee tonight with pick number two. How about a little swack action? Let's swack likes it. to play on Monday. I like Bethune-Cookman getting seven and a half against one of the favorites, Texas, Texas Southern there. Late night, Northern Colorado. They're getting one and a half at home. 10 o'clock Central. It's on ESPNU, too, by the way. That is a nice one. We'll be up late watching that. We wrap it up. Yes, give me the Jayhawks. 
They bounce back. They can't lose five of six, can They're they? are a four-and-a-half-point favorite. If you get a chance, watch Bullies of Baltimore. I will. The That's 30 for 30. Northern so Colorado, though, might be pulling me away till midnight. Sounds like it. If you're invested, it sounds like you do have an opinion. We just heard it. Uh, you're going to hear Murph and Andy in four minutes. The Drive with Heather and Sean today, 3 until 6. We're Miller and Condon. Trent and I are, well, Monday through Friday from 11 to 1. Thanks for being with us. We talk sports with you on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.